Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is joining us on this Friday. Billy, the chart analysis expert. And of course, my good friend, NFT Tones, is joining us on this Friday to bring us the latest updates in the crypto space. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple has larger goals than replacing Swift. We show our listeners a video of Brad Garlinghouse stating how XRP opens the floodgates of global liquidity. The vice president of the NASDAQ is bullish on crypto, stating that despite the bear market, the institutions are in high demand. BNB was hacked for $100 million last night, exposing a major flaw in not custodying your own crypto, as Sega's first blockchain game is set to launch on the Oasis blockchain. Flare Network is launching in less than 14 days. We share inside information on the SEC lawsuit stating that Ripple turned down a settlement from 2021. And with the world becoming increasingly digital, we prepare our listeners for the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Mr. Johnny Crypto, you know we're already going to NFT Tones this morning. The man is rocking the fedora, and I'm excited to have you, Tones. What's on your mind, my friend? Yo, Sega coming to the blockchain. We got Bud Light and NFL partnering for Survivor Pick'em. Then we also have VFriends coming to, or VFriends NFT toys coming to Macy's. I feel like this entire week has been explosive, and I'm excited to bring it to you guys today let's go let's go tones i'm real excited for today billy i'm not going to make you address bitcoin but i'm excited to hear what's on your mind what have you been watching the market this these last few days and how you feeling today my friend bro i just been watching the stocks and collecting on the on the xrp and quant and h bar just continuing to stack man but dude this this stock market's been paying me and the team very very well this week so it's been it's been a good week man 
That's awesome. Shout out to Billy's course. Billy is doing amazing work within the Academy. So if you're an Academy member, go check out some of the work Billy's doing. Seriously, it could be life-changing. We're going to Johnny Crypto this morning. Mr. Johnny Crypto himself. Always excited to see you, my friend. How are you feeling? First of all, there's a reason why it's called Printing Bills with Billy. You want to be part of that course if you're not. If you're not in the Academy, oh, man, you're missing out. But Abs, I'm feeling great. It's Friday. It's tank top day. Well, for me, it's always tank top day. But I'm happy. Everybody's Everything's going well. I'm a little tired today. I, ain't gonna, I didn't get a great night of sleep. But first of all, let me just say to everybody, good morning to the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Love all you guys. Appreciate you guys. Look at Tones. Tones killed it with the fedora and that. In that, I don't know, we're playing checkers or chess. What's going on behind his head over there? I don't know what's going on on the wall. But anyway, Billy, great to see you. And uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of good news. My phone was blown up yesterday when Bitcoin was, uh, BNC, BNB was getting hacked. So I'm sure people want to know what the hell is going on. So we got to hop into it. Awesome, guys. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. I said we were going to break 2,000 followers by the end of the year. We're only 108 followers away. So please go help us break that 2,000 follower mark. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is moving again. We are up one point again this week. Pretty boring, pretty stationary. But when you check out the total coin market cap, we are sitting at $946 billion this morning. We got Bitcoin at 40% dominance, Ethereum 17%. Bitcoin's back below 20,000 at 19,600. We got Ethereum at 1,300. XRP is 49 cents. Cardano is 42 cents. Litecoin, 52 bucks. Chainlink, I don't know why I read Litecoin. I never do that for our listeners. I want to go to Quant, which is 138. And we got VeChain at two cents. Billy, I've been going to Johnny all week. So we're going to you, my friend. What are some of the projects that you're watching this morning? And and you said your dollar cost averaging into Quant. How do you feel about the price action happening there? Uh, I just want us to pop out of that wedge. There's a there's a, um, a trend line that we need to come back to. I feel like about the 120 is, is where I think we uh, are going to pull back to a little bit. If not, um, it's fine. Still dollar cost averaging. We still have so much upside to quant. Um, any project right now, I feel like, like if it has utility is a good time to get in. Just dollar cost in to what you want to do. Make sure your project has utility. But we're on the verge of something great, you guys. I mean, you can feel it bubbling. You can see the markets are turning. Abs are going to show you some some amazing uh, news that, that's coming about. Um, good times are coming, bro. Billy, and I'm not a no chart analysis expert, but when you look at this price chart here, it seems to me that this would be a clear inverse head and shoulders. Check that out. Bottomed out. Coming back up here. This could be a breakout. And when we had Selman G on the show earlier this week, he said that we could break all the way to $260 before we see a, another level of resistance. I'd like to hear what you're watching with this uh, price chart in particular. Bro, if you just if uh, you take the top line and you draw your trend line down to about the bottom. So if you take the top mark around 400, get you a trend line started on those tops and it comes down to 40. We've already busted up out of that trend line, the downtrend. We're on an uptrend. So if you take the bottom section at $40 and run a trend line to the bottom of those candles, that's an uptrend. We are now in an ascending wedge where that, that 130 area is. If we can pop that 130, get into the 140. If you go back to that screen, go back to that. That screen real quick. Yeah, sorry. That's, one second, Billy. No, you're good. That next level of resistance is what's going to be key, which is going to be uh, – I'll wait for you to pull it up there. There you go. So that next real heavy area is going to be the the two about the 200 to the 240. I think we'll, we'll have some stoppage right there. Uh, but I, I definitely think if we can pop up out of this wedge and volume can come in, we'll run up to there quick. But that's going to be a good resistance point. 
Awesome, Johnny, and I'd love to go to you next. we got a bunch of news coming in today, but we've got breaking news from Visa partnering with FTX to offer Bitcoin and crypto debit cards in over 40 countries around the world. We're going to talk about institutional adoption later in this episode. The NASDAQ is going to be adding crypto custody services, but that's their main focus. Eventually, we could see an exchange, and that's how you get the 12th sector of the economy. But before we get into that, address this news, Johnny K. Visa offering Bitcoin in 40 countries. What's it mean to you? Yeah, uh, again, this is, again, huge because, as I've said time and time over again on this show, when you're looking at validation and people are trying to decide whether to get in or out of something, it comes down to being told or seeing evidence of things people trust. Okay, Now, people trust Visa because Visa's been around forever. And so now they see Visa partnering with with FTX, you know, to bring, they don't care about the FTX part. That's not important to Visa or to the consumer. What's important to the consumer, the only words they're going to see there is Visa and Bitcoin, right? That That's what, what the hell is going on? Everybody's just smile. But, uh, you know, so the reality is- in the that, comments, Johnny. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Nice. Bitcoin to 14K. All right. Quant to the moon. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what's crucial here, Abs, is you got Visa plus Bitcoin, and that just brings credibility to it. And, and frankly- you know, FTX is going to be a big player in all this. They're going to be one of the, because when you look at the connections. So for me, I'm kind of, that's another one that I've been looking to get on into my portfolio. I don't have FTX, but I definitely, definitely want to get some of that. That is one of those that I think is going to be one of the big players um, from some of my research. But everybody's going to be One comment I wanted to get your opinion on is we're talking about adoption being like creating these use cases for cryptocurrencies. But one of the things that I don't think anybody in the space is really ready to do is spend their Bitcoin on goods and services. Why would I spend my Bitcoin at Chipotle or at Target when I could just spend my U.S. dollars, which are decreasing every day? I think if I'm willing to hold my Bitcoin in a lot of these crypto assets, what do you think is going to incentivize people to actually spend this quote unquote currency for everyday appliances? Well, I think it's going to be one of those things where eventually it'll be kind of sold as its currency. It'll, if, if that ends up happening, the fedoras have been back for a while. <laughs> oh, I guess maybe today it's been back. I think it's one of those things where people, this is how they almost get people to believe it's currency. If you tie it to something that's currency like Visa, digital money, right? Think of Visa. People don't think of this cash. They think of this digital money, right? That's what it is. It's a way to charge your card through digital connections. And I would think that, you know, now if Bitcoin is on the other side of it, people will just think, like, okay, that's the natural transition over to it. So that's one scenario. But I'm not so sure, Abs, that what this means is that it's going to spend your Bitcoin or does it mean you're going to get Bitcoin rewards? I, I don't know how they're playing this out yet. So I think we'll have to see how that whole thing plays out. But, uh, yes, you're right. Me personally, I would not be spending my Bitcoin. I mean, I would want to use something more efficient. You know, something that I really maybe don't want to hold on to in the future. Shiba Inu? Yeah, exactly. Shiba and Doge, like all day long, I'll get rid of dump that shit. But the reality is what's going to happen, if you want my opinion, it's going to be a stable coin, I think, that backs the the visa, that the visas. Are, it has to be. You, It's just it can't. Could you imagine the nightmare of these companies? have? I mean, they could de- develop code to do it. But you'd have to know the exact point every transaction happened and where the Bitcoin price was as it's moving. It's just I don't it's not very practical, in my opinion. I, I don't think we're going to see that. I think that's going to be more of a rewards card. But I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But before we dive into our next news, we got 176 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're in support, NFT Tones Fedora, 
smash that thing three times for us. But we're going to dive into the breaking news for today as we had BNB Smart Chain resuming operations after $100 million was taken from hackers last night. So this is pretty devastating news. We've seen hacks like this happen before, but never to this extent. The BNB Smart Chain resumed operations around 640 UTC as chain validators updated their software that would close the exploit used by hackers to drain funds off chain. BNB Chain is compromised of BNB Beacon Chain and BNB Smart Chain. This chain was halted earlier after an exploit was discovered that drained $100 million from the crypto platform. Only $7 million was able to be halted and frozen from being drained from those accounts. This is devastating news, and I'm really interested to hear Billy's thoughts. Billy, $100 million drained from BNB. This is one of the reasons we advocate custodying your own cryptocurrency and not allowing your stuff to just be sitting on these public blockchains. What's it mean to you, Billy? It just it, it reaffirms what we've always said, man. Um, you you got to be very careful with this. Not not everything's guaranteed. We're in the infant stage of things, so that goes to us. Me thinking there's two parts to this, man. Regulations suck, but they're also a good thing because if we have regulations, it'll help with these these things. Because companies who come in are custody crypto crypto and doing things like this, they need um, uh, security in place. They need different kind of software in place. They need people monitoring this. So that's going to take regulations to make them spend that money in order to come in compliance. So that's going to, that's going to be a, a pretty big thing. That's, that's you, bro. That's a, that's a company killer. You're talking about losing people's interests, this, this, especially at this time in the market. But I do want to touch on one thing that you were just talking about with, with Johnny and the, and the Bitcoin. I don't see how they can use Bitcoin as a currency with the volume and the fluctuation that it's at. When you're using a currency, it needs immediate transaction and one-to-one pairing. There can't be a fluctuation in the currency that much because the system can't handle the fluctuation. Um, so, yeah, I just want to throw my two cents in there on that. Awesome. NFT Jones, I'd love to get some closing remarks here with the Visa news. Do you have any thoughts on Visa now allowing Bitcoin and crypto debit cards in over 40 countries around the world? Yeah, I think this is going to be huge. We're starting to see more and more push for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and debit cards like this. So it's actually really, really interesting news. I find it insane that Binance was just hacked for $100 million. And I feel like this goes back to how Axie Infinity was hacked a couple months back. And like uh, Billy said, we're still in the infancy, infancy stage of this. And there's a lot more security and measures to come. So we have to be prepared and deal with the people who are going to be jerks and steal money that doesn't belong to them because they don't know how to make money themselves. So it's it's just kind of screwed up that we, the hardworking people that actually do the research, do the work, get screwed over for the people that want the easy way out. They're spot on tones and that's a great place to end it. Let's get into some XRP news for today because I found some interesting quotes on Twitter, possibly from David Schwartz, possibly from not. So take this news with a grain of salt. This is a tweet put out by at reborn 13. This guy does great work. I followed him for about a year. He said that David Schwartz, I'm going to read these tweets directly for our listeners. It said ripple holds more than 60% of the XRP in existence. XRP is ripples most valuable asset by far. Ripple's future revenue is directly tied to the long-term price of XRP, and XRP is what gives Ripple's revenue model that nobody else has. Ripple can make the amount of money by building to get the price of XRP up by one penny can bring a significant signing of 600 banks. So what he's basically saying there is that demand for XRP increases. We're going to see an increase in the price of XRP, of course, Johnny Crypto. I don't think these these, these 
tweets are real. But I think that the information within these tweets is real, that as XRP is used, the demand is going to increase, which is going to increase the price. XRP is the main use for, for RippleNet. So what's it mean to you, Johnny? Well, I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, there's just some factual truths here, and that's what really matters. I and mean, one of the things that you look at here and you see is Ripple holding 60%. This is why you hear a lot of people saying it's not decentralized, right? Because they're holding on to a, a good chunk of it. So we need to see that get released in the market. And obviously, that's going to lead to some degree of dilution there. So you just have to factor that in when you think about it. But overall, you know, I just I don't care about any of this stuff, to be honest. All that stuff is meaningless. I look at its use case, the utility. What can it do? And do I believe it has a, a place in the world to play? And I do. And then, of course, this guy. I love this guy, right? I just want to know one question, Abs. Are you going to be in the band, too? Apparently, the, the, of course, the I'm a singer. <laughs> Apparently, the chat, I love our chat. We have the best chat group. These guys are so creative. I love you guys. Donnie and the Bitcoin. <laughs> that sounds like a band. Billy, awesome. I want to show our listeners this very interesting video of Brad Garlinghouse Ooh. explaining how the utility for XRP <laughs> is only going to increase over these next couple of years. But he said that when RippleNet goes live and banks are able to use XRP without having Nostro Bostros, it's going to change the world of finance forever. So we're going to let this clip play. It's a little bit longer, and then we'll get comments from the group. Crypto is helping transform finance businesses today in a few different ways. And I think one of the challenges for the industry has been to focus on solving real problems for real customers. And Ripple, obviously, from its earliest days, focused on the problem around cross-border payments. That's a point of a lot of friction as measured by speed and cost. And by focusing there, we've been able to have a big impact on that you know, relatively small piece. But I think over the next years, you're going to see many financial transactions where a middleman sits, a middle transaction, an intermediary. Those will get removed and we'll use blockchain and other digital asset type technologies to, to remove that friction. And I think all of society will benefit from improving the efficiency of those, those systems. I think you'll see that certainly you've seen it in security settlement as an opportunity. I'd actually love to stop there for a second because one of the most underappreciated parts of money is the velocity of money, Johnny. So when the faster money moves, the more valuable money is. And that's exactly what RIP will and the all cryptocurrency markets are speeding up the speed of transactions. You're going to be able to settle instantaneously. What's it going to do for these global markets? Brad breaks it down right there. Billy, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts and then we'll play the rest of the video. Uh, volatility is exactly what makes the market move. If you're in my class, you guys will see we trade on float. Float is what drives the market. Float is what makes stocks spike. <clears throat> I absolutely love this guy. Like he, he's just he's a freaking genius, man. And here's the thing about the friction. Um, friction is where hustles are made. Friction is where politicians come in and try to put things in place to remove the friction of the bottleneck. The thing with this is it takes all that friction away. So there's no need for those people to come in and interrupt those rails. It's free to transfer back and forth. If you when you bottleneck things and like he said, when there's friction there, you people want to come in and, and do their own thing. But yeah, I love this comment here, Billy. I'd love to address it. It said, how fast will XRP stabilize to be a currency? This is the best part about XRP and it's one of the most underappreciated assets. It's instant settlement allows for volatility to really not be a factor. So it doesn't necessarily matter how volatile the token is. It really matters how much the total value is. And that's why we always talk about the value or the price of the token needing to increase for XRP to be used for its real utility. Because of the instant settlement, vol volatility is not a major factor when it comes to XRP settlement. Billy, do you have a comment? Yeah, I was going to say, and, and you take all that, <clears throat> whatever we move forward with, like whatever it is that we do has to take the debt. 
we can, we can talk about, you know, the money that's going to be moved in the market, but someone has to take that debt. Uh, that's, that's going to be the key with all this. So that we brought up, go ahead. And we brought up an article yesterday from uh, CEO of Quant, Gilbert Verdinand, talking about how there could be a new global currency. We always talk about CBDCs. They might create a basket of CBDCs, and that could be the new global reserve currency. It's not going to be one nation's currency. It's going to be a basket of all the global CBDCs, and that actually makes a lot of sense to me. But with that being said, I'm going to let the remainder of this clip play, and then we'll get some comments from the group. Here we go. Opportunity. Uh, the, the, the financial transactions around bonds, around derivatives, a lot of these things take a while to settle and the, the friction associated actually holds back the industry. Insurance is an industry I think you're going to see touched. Uh, trade finance is an industry that really ripple. Some of our customers have invited us to participate in. Uh, and you've seen an experimentation around identity in the uh, real estate and title management. And you know, these are all examples where I think it's so hard to predict where this will go in the same. I love what he said there. And he didn't even bring up carbon credits, but when he talks about digital identity, that's going to be one of the major utilities for the XRPL. They're talking about this new payment system called digital ID, which will actually connect a lot of your social and medical information to your bank account. And that's what Ripple XRP is working on. They also covered a new system that they're building a carbon credit marketplace. So when you talk about quote unquote nefarious activity, although a lot of the things they're doing are legal, they're setting up a pretty doom and gloom future. I'd love to go to Johnny Crypto and then we'll kick it to Billy. What's it mean to you? You know, it's, it's just one of those things where you can see that as from Ripple, the company, the value that Ripple, the company is going to have because they're looking at building all these different things. They're going to be a prominent, I think, blockchain company in the future for, for sure. And the unfortunate part is most people can't buy Ripple right now. And that's what sucks. So if you're not an accredited investor, it's very, very hard to get your hands on it for now. Um, in terms of the technology, XRP, the currency, again, as we just talked about with Visa, you need something that's stable. And so, you know, using XRP as a currency, if it's moving, is going to be the thing that, to me, has to be solved. Is it going to be a fixed price? Is it going to be a stable coin? I have no idea. I don't know the answer. I think this is all the good green. As Yusko said, it's all about the question, asking the question. And the question to me is, how how are they going to make it so it's stable? And is it stable at $10,000 or $1,000 or a dollar? Who I don't know. Um, but I do like this comment from, from Godzo here. I guess Yusko didn't forget us. We must have left a lasting impact on him. <laughs> and the good news. Wait, what's it say? So it says, Mark Yusko brought up on Crypto Banter that a group of people on a show tried convincing him about XRP. Wonder who that was. <laughs> shout out to us. That is freaking awesome. That is a shout out hey, to he's us. He's coming on the show. When is he coming on the show again, I was Johnny? just going to say, so guys, next week we got Tony Edwards and the week after, mark your calendar. Believe got me. Mark Yusko. We're coming with the XRP evidence for that show. I promise you yeah. that. And I want to remind our listeners, this is the document we showed you yesterday about a future CBDC basket where all of the global currencies comprise of a new global reserve currency. And that global reserve currency would have all of the global CBDCs. And of course, our favorite currency, Quant, would be the connector there. But Billy, I'd like to get some thoughts from you. We just covered some news about Brad Garlinghouse. They think Ripple removing liquidity could affect every single sector from digital IDs to insurance to real estate. When do you think that shift takes place? Bro, I have no idea. I, don't, I wouldn't even want to try to guess that. We've been trying to guess dates forever. <laughs> I do like this, uh, the comment that you made in, in that article. I do feel like it'll be a basket of them. I don't feel like XRB, XRP will be one that we'll use back and forth because it is the banker side. It's going to 
you know, have the money in the background. And it's just like Johnny said, there's not going to be a monopoly. There's not just going to be one thing. It's just like, you know, there's, you can get hamburgers at McDonald's, Sonic, Burger King, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be different um, options available to us. And I seen a comment in here. How much, how much do you need of each one in order to be financially free? Nobody's really going to know that number. I mean, we're in the infant stage now. I would just concentrate on DCAing into your projects that you like and continue to add to it. I wouldn't get stuck on an amount that you think you need to have because then you're going to miss the, the actual basis of what, of what you're investing in it for. Um, yes. And Billy, I, th I like to always play the game. Like, what is your goal for financial freedom, right? Are you trying to make 10 grand? Are you trying to make a hundred grand? Are you trying to become a millionaire? And then just sit there and decide, well, what would this currency have to get to for me to reach financial freedom? And then you can kind of work back from there. Make small goals. Billy, you're, you're phenomenal at this. I'd love for you to give not financial advisors, not financial advice, but maybe some advice on what you do to navigate these markets correctly. You're an exceptional trader. And as I'm saying that, we got 222 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to talk about trading in XRP. But Billy, let's actually let the remainder of this clip play first, and then we're going to go back to you. In way that 25 years ago, when I first got involved in the Internet of Information, I never could have predicted on my smartphone I'd press a button and I'd have a car picking me up minutes later. <laughs> you know, this will permeate lots of different parts of our society. Yes. Boom. And that's just a great place to end it. A lot of the use cases that are going to be every day for us don't exist today. It's impossible to go back to somebody in 2000 and say, not only are you going to have an iPhone, but you're going to date through this iPhone. You're going to order food through this iPhone. You're going to do all your shopping through this iPhone. And I think a lot of those shifts are going to take place from a crypto sense. Billy, I'd love to go back to you. Well, it's funny you are talking about the phones because me and the team, uh, we were doing some pre-market work the other day. And there was a Dono phone that came out. You guys can check it out. I haven't heard a lot about it, but it's D-O-N-O. -O, and it's strictly directed towards NFTs, Metaverse, AR, IR. Um, it's it's absolutely crazy. And But as far as stocks and how I invest, you got to look at your risk versus reward and, and what you're investing in. Let's, let's, let's put two examples side by side. Um, we'll talk about Shiba Inu and XRP. So if I'm looking- Oh, two of Ab's favorite. That's perfect, Billy. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> Both of them are at all-time lows, right? So they're, they're both at good buying points. Now you look at it, what does the team offer? What, what does this do as far as utility? And you look at it as far as that and the leadership. What do they do? What can they bring? Not what the hype is. The hype's only going to last for a short amount of time. The utility and the team behind it is what's going to um, sustain it and scale it. So when you're looking to buy into stocks, you're looking to uh, buy into anything, Know how to read a chart. I can't tell you guys this enough. Don't worry about how much money there is to make or how much money you need to do this. Go learn really fast how to read a chart. And people think I'm crazy, but the team on my team, you, you guys can test this. I don't do Fibonacci scales. I don't do Bollinger Bands. I don't do anything. I do three lines. I do a support line, a resistance line, and a trend line, and we have a VWAP. And that's what we trade off of. Um, so just learn the market. Learn how to read a, a chart. And guys, I'm telling you, it'll blow your mind of how better of an entry and exit you will be as a stock trader, as a crypto trader, as a, just a market, gold, silver, just in life. Um, learn how to read the market.
And you know what's cool, Billy, is that even just going through our live chat and listening to the people who tune in every day, we have a super unique group. And if you're joining us and you're listening to the show, you're focusing on the right things. You're focusing on generational wealth. You're focusing on personal development. And it's just really exciting that we're all going to grow together, especially when 2025 comes around and everybody in our community who's been taking the time to learn and dollar cost averaging, get into the right projects. We're all going to make money together, baby, and that's going to be really exciting. But we're going to dive into some quote-unquote inside information from a reliable source that BitBoy Crypto shared that Ripple turned down the settlement with the SEC in 2021 and that Brad Garlinghouse knew he had the SEC by the cojones. The SEC is going to lose its power, says BitBoy Crypto. We're going to let this short clip play and get comments starting with Roto. Here we go. So I think we are in the middle stages of this. I still think we don't see the end of this thing probably till quarter two of next year. It's unfortunate, which would happen soon, sooner than that. But really, the longer this drags out, the better it's going to be for the price because we want this to happen after Bitcoin bottoms. Then you might actually get a little more sustained price action. And I will tell you, you know, we were we were very infamous for saying this thing was going to end in September of last year, and it didn't happen. But I do know someone who who swears, and there's someone I know personally, this is not some random person that messaged me, that Brad Garlinghouse told him face-to-face that they turned down a settlement from the SEC in 2021. Why? Because Brad Garlinghouse knows they have the SEC by the balls. And I believe this is actually the beginning of the end of the SEC and crypto enforcement. Hmm. All right. Well, that's great you bring that up because that's my next point. And that's a strong statement you just made because Gary Gensler... I, I, I know it's true. I... I know unequivocally that that is true. That, oh, about the settlement. Well, no, no, the SEC is going to be losing power over crypto. Okay. So I think we are in the butt. That's very interesting. He said so many important things there, but the one that stuck with me is the settlement. Of course, he's saying that the SEC is going to lose power over crypto, but that doesn't mean too much to me because I think that power would go over to the CFTC or a new government body that hasn't been formed yet specifically focused on crypto. I don't think that he's making that large of a claim there. When he says that Brad Garlinghouse told someone face-to-face that they rejected a settlement from the SEC, if that is true, Johnny Crypto, that's going to go down in the history books, and that tells us everything we need to know about the Ripple XRP lawsuit. What do you think about this clip, and what do you think about BitBoy's inside sources? I think that's a $100 million mistake Brad made, if you want to know the truth. If they were willing to settle, he could have got out of this thing for you know, 10 million, he probably should have took it because now he costs this company a hundred million dollars. And who knows? It ain't over yet. These bastards can, listen, the SEC could delay forever. They could suck another hundred million out of them if they want to. Because, you know, the way our court system works, they can appeal and reappeal and then do the appeal of the reappeal and get the banana peel and the orange peel. And there's so many damn peels, this thing's never going to freaking end. So the reality is, if I'm Brad looking at it in the, in the end, I'm looking at it like saying, damn, I screwed. As a CEO, I'd be like, damn, I screwed up. I cost this company a lot of money. You know, yeah, he wants to prove the point he's going to win. Okay. But did you really win if you cost your company $100 million? I mean, and I, yeah, okay, drop in the pond. Okay, you say that, but it's still $100 million. It isn't a drop in the pond. It's a lot of money that could have been put towards technology development in other areas to seed the company and grow. And now it just went into an endless pit, you know, to a bunch of attorneys. So, no, it wasn't a smart move because at the end of the day, you know what's going to happen? Pop could end up with a settlement anyway. Or, you know, <laughs> so, so if they, if now if he settles, he looks like a fool. Actually, he looks like a fool. You, you, Billy, you, I'd love to go to you and get a rebuttal before, because I, I know you're short on time. Can you give us a statement to, reg- to, to kind of 
rebuttal what Johnny just said. Do you think that Brad Garlinghouse should have settled? I obviously disagree. If Brad Garlinghouse denied a settlement from the SEC and they were willing to pay $100 million to battle it out, I think they had good reason to do so. And it's probably because Ripple's going to set precedent for the entire market going forward. However this case goes, it's going to determine how all of crypto is regulated. And that's why I think it was worth it for Ripple to battle the SEC and have $100 million expenses, you know, go into this lawsuit. But let's hear some of your thoughts, Billy, before you got to go. I totally agree. And and if you look at uh, BitBoy's beard, it's as fed up with the SEC as we all are. My boy looks like he's just in a bear market for real. I love BitBoy, though. Huge shout out. I love that guy. Uh, so they had to know a an area of threshold of money they were going to have to spend on this lawsuit. Um, granted, it probably wasn't in the hundred million dollar range, but bro, when you're when you're going for all the marbles and you're trying to make a dent in the universe and you're trying to do what other people haven't done, you're gonna have to spend what other people haven't spent before. Um, and if you have a team behind you and you have the your how should I say that your opponents, uh, former employees working for you, former lawyers who know the ins and outs, that tends to make you have a little bigger set of cojones to go in there and say, you know what, F you, we're not taking this settlement. We tried to work with you. Now we're going to prove a point, especially if there's, if Garlinghouse is, you know, hanging out with the WEF and he's with the big boys over there. Who are these little rat snake, little weasel, uh, nursing home looking dudes? What are they going to do, man? They're not going to do anything. They're just, you know, in the way right now, but it's, it's all orchestrated. It's all planned out. But yeah, I, I think Billy, I got an interesting comment. I don't know if you have to jump off yet, but I do want to get one last remark from you. I listened to an interesting podcast from Patrick, but David this past weekend. And what he talked about is how the average Congress member is over 62 years old. So the average person who's creating the legislation in our country is 62 years old. Now, do you know the average age of an American? The average age of an American is only 38 years old. So we have no representation of what our true society is built up of in Congress. And then you look at people like Nancy Pelosi, who are 9,000 years old, been in Congress since the 1400s. It's time for new people to be leading this market. And I'd love to get some thoughts from NFT Tones. Billy, shout out to you, my friend. If you have to hop off, you're more than welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Love you guys. Yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. But uh, I think that this is really, really important because uh, if – I think it, if the SEC does lose its power, like you said, it's going to go somewhere else. But I feel like this is really important because if XRP really turned down a settlement, like you said, this is going to go in the books. And this is really, really important because it also shows that Brad kind of knows he was going to win from the beginning. He knew what he was getting himself into. So it, it, it's really kind of an interesting kind of thing to see here. It's definitely very interesting, and I'm a little bit distracted because my good friend just came into the live chat. We got Gonzo. Gonzo joining the stream, coming from the live chat to the camera. What's on your mind, my friend? Thanks for being here. Man, dude, Johnny brought me out of the chat talking this stuff about the settlement. You know, uh, you know, I, just to counter uh, what, what Johnny was saying, but it just depends on what the settlement offer was, right? Like if he got everything that he wanted or what, what they were going to get in the future – then, then yeah, I would settle. But if maybe they didn't get everything that they wanted and he knew they were going to win, then, then why settle? And I understand that it's a money drain, but um, if they were going to have problems in the future or they weren't going to get the clarity that they needed, then I, I wouldn't see him settling. 
And that's what I think they understand is that this is setting precedent for the entire market. If they settle, it's going to come to bite them a couple of years later because they're going to have to agree to some things that they clearly do not agree on. We got 235 live listeners, actually 243 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Gonzo is in the building. And believe me, we haven't even gotten to our biggest news of the day. So I think this is a great time to get into this article NASDAQ's vice president says there's massive demand and opportunity in one sector of the crypto industry, and he breaks down how the 12th sector of the economy could emerge right in front of our eyes. A top executive at NASDAQ says they're seizing upon a large market demand with their plan to launch custody and and execution services for cryptocurrency. The NASDAQ executive and vice president of the head of North American markets said the second largest stock exchange is focused on custodying and its first major step into the digital asset business. Today, we're focused on custody. That's foundational. I think if you can safely keep people's assets, they'll trust you to do everything else afterward. We're going to build up from there. We'll have execution capabilities because it's not just safekeeping. It's the movement and transfer of those assets that we want to facilitate. He also went on to state that they're waiting for regulatory clarity when it comes to launching an exchange. Over time, as we see more regulatory clarity and greater institutional adoption, Those discussions we're going to be happy to have. I think it's just a massive opportunity on the custody side as well as execution. And if you check out this last quote before we kick it around the group, it says, the custody and execution is so attractive to us. That's where our focus is. That's where I think you're going to really add value and accelerate institutional adoption, which from our perspective has been strong even during this bear market. Gonzo, we're going straight to you, my friend. The NASDAQ is creating opportunity right in front of our eyes. Can you imagine? If the NASDAQ begins custody in crypto, what that would do for the entire global market, what's it mean to you, man? Yeah, it legitimizes it, right? And it's funny because, you know, Coach JV has been talking about this for like, what, like two years about how, you know, banks were going to um, start custodying our cryptocurrency, right? And it all leads into adoption. So if the NASDAQ starts doing that, it just legitimizes the space. And uh, it'll be funny to see what the naysayers say then, right? Now, when you have something like the NASDAQ that is now, um, you know, custodying your crypto. But I, I do believe that's the future, right? That's where these guys are going to make their money. It's just like how the banks make their money now, right? They kill you in fees, right? And so that's how these guys are going to do it. They understand that they can custody your crypto. They can charge you fees, but they can also do what they were doing before with the legacy banking system, right? Where they start to fractionalize banking, where they take your crypto, you know, other things with it, Right where they, now they only have to hold a certain percentage, just like banks right now, right? They only have to hold 10% of your money. So if you walk into a bank right now, and let's say you have $20,000, you can't just walk in and pull that money out, right? They always tell you got to come back. I don't know what the level is. Maybe it's not 20,000. It's a little bit higher than that. I'm not sure, but they don't have your money. They continue to loan your money out over and over again. So they want to do that over again with crypto. You're spot on, and they can actually do it at a faster rate. And for anybody who wants to learn more about that, it's called fractional reserve lending. Every single bank in America does this. They're able to lend out basically 97% of your money. If you deposit $100, the bank has to hold three, and then they can get interest on the 97 remaining dollars. But Johnny Crypto, I'd love to go to you. What do you think about the NASDAQ not only stating that they see the opportunity to custody crypto, they actually see the institutional demand as the reason for possibly launching a crypto exchange. What does that mean to you, my man? I, I wish I had a huge button, sound button here, because that's what it means. It's freaking soup. It's amazing. I mean, it's huge. It's exactly what you want to see. And, you know, again, if there's demand, somebody's going to fill it. And when it's institutional demand, that's really what drives these prices up beyond, 
you know, prices that everybody wants to go buy the Lambos. You're not buying Lambos where retail where retailers driving this market. It's never going to happen. We need institutional money behind it. This is just another one of those key means to be able to unlock the door so that, you know, the floodgates can open up. But abs, there is a rebuttal to your comment that congressmen are too old. So, you know, I think Mr. Wright brings up a really good point here. The age necessarily doesn't have anything to well, do with it. Well, let me make my case. I, I feel like I'm in a court of law. I should at least get to rebuttal, right? Okay, go I right think, ahead. I think there's a massive disconnect between the younger generation and the older generation, not necessarily the 40 and 50-year-olds because you guys are somewhat in touch with the social media sphere. When you talk about the 60, 70, 80-year-olds, there's a huge disconnect just in the way we grew up, the way that we were indoctrinated with our iPhones, with our social media. We grew up in a different world. So for them to understand what we're going through and the personal issues we have, I just think there is an issue with age and there are, there are outliers and there are exceptions of course, but I think the vast majority of Congress doesn't really understand what, it, what a 25 year old American man's going through. All That's right. So point. here's, so here's the good news about that is while you are right that the average age is whatever it is, 62, 68, 93, they're all old. The reality is they aren't writing these rules. They don't write, congressmen don't write laws anymore. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's the, it's the companies and the and the what do they call them uh, lobbyists that write lobbyists the and the lobbyists yeah. are getting paid from these companies in the world and actually believe it or not that's actually probably a good thing because you are spot hundred percent spot on if we had sixty eight year olds writing the rule they wouldn't have a freaking clue what to write it's actually a good thing that we've got you know the lobbyists that are going to be writing the bad news about that is only the, the you know the rich companies are going to be the ones that can. You know, are going to win, but it's a good thing that we have that. Otherwise, it would be really, really bad. What's to say? I like to learn from Tony. Dude, we're going to get spicy today because we're like all contradicting. I'm going to have to disagree with John. <laughs> Let's do it. Because all some right, of these guys, I'm, I'm, I'm Billy today, bro. I'm Billy today because some of these guys, right? These lobbyists write these laws and these guys don't even read them. And they're like backing them. They don't even read the whole thing. They don't even know what's inside of it. And that's how we get bad legislation passed. Because these guys don't even pay attention. They line their pockets and then they don't even read what's in there and then they slide things in. So yeah. I will have to disagree. By the way, no, but that's not true. So you didn't disagree because we're saying the same thing. I didn't say that what the lobbyists write is good. What I said is the 60-year-old isn't writing the rule. It's coming from the lobbyists who are getting paid from the companies, which I literally just said is not necessarily a good thing. But it's better that gotcha. they're writing yeah. it because okay. they understand the industry versus a 68-year-old who has no freaking clue what Bitcoin even is, right? So so I agree with you, Donzo. We're on the same yeah. page there. I'm just saying the 60-year-old, 8-year-old is not writing this legislation. And, in fact, they don't even read the freaking legislation. If they're paid to approve it, they bring out the rubber stamp and they stamp it. And there's one of the reasons that all these bills are 6,000 pages. It's so they can get all the tax implications for the people who already have the money. It's just hilarious. Like once you start to learn about what's legal and illegal, it really exposes you to who's who has a massive advantage when you're talking about the open market, right? The open market is most difficult for the retail investor when it should actually, you'd think it would be the opposite. It should be most difficult for the most prominent figures. But we got 234 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This has been an interesting episode and it's about to get even better because we're going to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Johnny Crypto, let that ad roll. All right, let's roll. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. 
First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets, so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value, and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands, so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached, so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. Johnny Crypto, I got to be honest. The thing that's on my mind and Merlin's smartest way to track your crypto, we're going to go into that. Why do you think there are no younger people running for these political roles? Like when you talk about people running for president, why do you think all of our candidates are in their 60s and 70s? Really quickly, just to wrap it up, and then we'll go into exit strategies. Well, I mean, that's kind of, first of all, we have, a, we have a law. So you can't run for president if you're not. Minimum age, I think, is 35, right? <clears throat> so you have to have a certain level of experience. Two, you've got young people in Congress. You've got your AOCs of the world. There are young people in there. The problem is the people that – so the reason why it feels like they're all old is because the old people are running the show – but there's a lot of young people in there, and they're they're sitting and putting stuff in there. I know I, I I served on a a council like in our local town. I was on I was in politics for a while, and while the older guys were ruling, we as the younger guys we were in their ear all the time. We were telling them what's going on, right? Because we're the and they actually were looking towards us. They wanted to know. They understood. Like, hey, yeah, you know what? We don't know all this this stuff. You guys are younger. Tell us what's going on. So I can tell you right now that those conversations are probably happening at the Congress level, too. Nancy Pelosi knows that she doesn't know shit about crypto. And I'm sure she's talking to her staff members and younger Congress members of her team to learn about this stuff a little bit. Enough so they can talk about it and be dangerous. So I I believe that is There's 100% that's happening. But again, you're just seeing the face of Congress. And it's always going to be the older generation. Let's face it. It's always going to be. You're not going to see the 35-year-old running Congress. It's just not going to happen. What about 50-year-olds? So I just feel like even for presidential candidates, like all of our presidential candidates are so old. Where's the 55-year-old? Where's the – where's the? And, and and that's just objective, right? I don't mean like that's a bad thing. I'm just saying like objectively they're in their 70s and they're almost in their 80s. It's it, There's a disconnect, right? They're 50, 60 years older than me. Yeah. You know, normally when I was growing up, typically the presidents were in their 50s. And lately we've seen a lot older. They've gotten older and, and I don't know what the reason for that is. We all want to see. I do want to see a younger guy run, right? And uh, so, Because they don't want to let go of the power. Right? That's right. They the power and exactly. they don't want to let go. So they're going to ride it all the way into the grave. All right. I think there's a couple important things to note. So first of all, our youngest president was John F. Kennedy, who was 43 years old when he got into – when he was inaugura- inaugurated. Secondly – become president not only do you have to be 35 years old you have to be a resident of the u.s for at least 14 years and you have to been born in the u.s or one of your parents had to be at least a u.s citizen so there's a lot of different things that prevent younger people from actually becoming a president so i feel like that's one thing to notice now i feel like we definitely need more younger people in congress because it's it's definitely swayed more towards one side than the other and the older generation definitely don't understand the technology. I mean, like yeah, bro, XRP said, working in a restaurant, watching a 60-year-old versus a 20-year-old use a QR code menu is hilarious. 
So like it, it just goes to show you most of the older generation, older people don't know how to use it. Trying to teach grandma how to use an iPhone was not the easiest thing in the world. Now, she did understand it after a while. She still has trouble with it. But, I mean, it takes time. They have to pick up on it, and it's not something that they can all easily do. Yes, and I agree with this statement here from Kathy and Stu. He said, if I'm a billionaire that's 65, I'm not picking a 25-year-old to give money to. I actually wouldn't care. Mark Zuckerberg was 19 when he created Facebook. Uh, Elon Musk was 24 when he created PayPal. Like, you can go on and on. I actually think it's more about how exceptional the individual is as opposed to the age. But that's a debate for another day. And I'm sure because I'm young, I'm going to be biased. We got 220 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Let's get back into some crypto-related content because Grayscale announced a new arm to invest in Bitcoin mining software. Grayscale plans on buying Bitcoin mining equipment at a massive discount during this crypto winter, and they think they're going to be able to profit for their institutional investors. So Grayscale Investments announced on October 5th the formation of Grayscale's Digital Infrastructure Opportunities, LLC. This is going to be focused on purchasing Bitcoin mining hardware, and the company plans to acquire mining equipment at reduced rates during crypto winter. The company said the new entity will be available to individuals and institutional investors who are accredited with a minimum investment of $25,000. This fund is expected to be, to be completed by the end of the year, and they said it would take about three to five years before you can expect to cash out on this pretty unique investment. Johnny Crypto, why do you think that Grayscale is trying to buy reduced mining equipment, reduced cost mining equipment? I mean, the article tells you why. It's right in there. So, But uh, this, this was exciting to me yesterday when I saw this. I was so excited for a couple of reasons. One, so I made a TikTok on it. Go check it out, guys, because I practice what I preach. I tell you guys all the time, and coach says it all the time. Do what the smart money does, not what they say. And what's the smart money doing here? They know that they know. Or so two things just tells you. One, they believe Bitcoin's not going away. Right? Whole world's like, oh, is it going away? No. They're creating a big fund because they know it's not going away. Number two, they know something big is coming or another drop is coming. So they're just getting a pool of money ready to go. They literally say it in the article. And they and when that when that day comes, they're gonna come in and they're gonna scoop up a lot of these miners. Why? Because you know what these miners did when the Bitcoin was saying it's sixty thousand dollars, they were freaking leveraging it to buy more mining, thinking it was gonna go up. And then Bitcoin, the rug got pulled on, dropped down three x, and now you're sitting on a tight. Now you get margin calls, right? These companies went and bought mining equipment at a sixty thousand dollars when Bitcoin was sixty thousand dollars, and now they don't have the freaking money to cover it. So what's gonna happen? Oh, they're gonna come in and they're gonna buy it for pennies on the dollar. That's how the smart money operates. They're not stupid. And frankly, I was so happy because I own some bit, you know, in my stock portfolio. I own certain ones. And for me, it's like, that's great news. Then you know either they're going to get bought up and then they're going to, you know, rise over time or, or you're a lot of them in business. But this to me is one of the perfect examples. Do what they do. So if you don't have mining companies in your portfolio, your stock portfolio, I'm not a financial advisor, not financial advisor, but you may want to start researching some of those companies and put some of them in your portfolio because chances are five years from now, they're all going to get bought up like funds by this and they're going to be sky high because the smart money never loses. And it's just more validation about what we're going into right now. It says our team has been committed to lowering the barrier for investing in the crypto ecosystem. And that highlights everything that's going on today. I'd love to get some thoughts from Gonzo. Gonzo. All these institutions, whether it's the NASDAQ, Grayscale, BlackRock, JP Morgan, the list goes on and on. All of these companies are starting to not only publicly endorse cryptocurrency, but create vehicles for institutional investors. What does that mean to you, my friend? 
Yeah, I mean, this is what happens in a bear market, right? Like Johnny was saying, some of these private mining companies got over leveraged uh, and then the price corrects and now they have to sell, right? A lot of these companies went insolvent and this is what happens. You have bigger companies that absorb these smaller companies and Grayscale, like we talk about these guys all the time. They see where this is going, right? They see that they can get all this mining equipment, pennies on the dollars. They can get an influx of money to get people to invest and they're going to get a return on their investment, right? Because they bought it, like he said, pennies on the dollars, right? But this is what happens. It's not just, look at Ripple, right? Ripple's talked about having some money on the side. They want to absorb certain companies, right? This is what happens in the bear market. Leverage gets flushed out. Bad business models get flushed out, right? And good business models rise to the top. The people that have the liquidity, that have the money, they absorb the bad ones. That's spot on. Thank you. And I'd love to get some closing remarks from NFT Tones. NFT Tones, we're running out of content for the episode today. So I'd love to give you the floor. What are some of the things that you've been watching? You had that Sega Games announcement. I'm really interested to hear more about that. But we can also talk about the Ripple XRP lawsuit because their lead lawyer, Stuart Alderati, has been coming out this past week making some very definitive statements against the SEC. And he even went on to state that Ripple's defense against the SEC, it's a battle for all of crypto. Then he went on to criticize Gary Gensler, stating that when he went, see, went on to CNBC this week, this was just a publicity stunt. And even people at the SEC were calling for Gary Gensler, stating that this was a violation of some of their policies. But I'd love to get some thoughts from you, Tones. What are some of the things that you're watching? Feel free to address the XRP news. So I find this really interesting because it shows that there's a lot going on and that he's right. This is a battle for crypto. If the SEC ends up beating XRP, it could be a tremendous loss for everybody in crypto. And it could dry, It could change the way the crypto world goes about things. However, if XRP ends up winning this, it could actually change things more because it, like we said before, then the SEC won't have as much power and the power is going to be forced elsewhere. And so it'll be really, really interesting to see what actually happens. But the things I've been looking for are towards. All right. Things I've been looking towards too is like double jump. And they're thrilled to announce that we they've actually secured the license from Sega official to develop a blockchain game based on the theme of Shango Kushi, which is three kingdoms. So I found that really, really huge news. And then more big news is that BeFriends NFTs are actually coming to Macy's. And I find this interesting because they've actually on their volume, they've made $300 million volume-wise. And I find that really, really interesting and insane because it shows you anything with Gary Vee's name in it is going to be big. And it shows you that these toys could actually be something big like Funko. It's not like he's putting these toys out there so that then in 50 years, they're worthless. I think in 50 years, he wants these toys to actually be worth something. And I feel like he's going to push these toys. Now, the last big news I have for you guys is if anyone is a huge Bud Light fan or NFL fan because it's the season, I'm telling you right now, you might want to look into the Bud Light NFL Survivor Pick'em game that went live on Dapper Labs because basically you can buy a can of beer for $50. You choose a team that you think is going to week every week. And the longer your win streak is, the more rewards you get. You can get uh, jerseys, you can get tickets, you can get playoff tickets, you can actually get tickets for the Super Bowl. And it's all only for 50 bucks. The longer your win streak, the more you can get. I believe that cool. like 11 or 12 wins, you can actually get beer for uh, beer for a year. For So that's pretty nice for free. So yeah, I that's mean, in, wait, so what is that? What can you name that project again for our listeners? Yeah, it's uh Bud Light and NFL Survivor Pick'em. So basically, if you and how actually, much is it? 
fifty dollars. Nice, nice. To buy okay, one sorry. can. Keep going. So that that's basically all I have. All you have to do is go on over to fandom.budlight.com, and everything is right there. Awesome. That's a pretty cool place to go. We're going to end it with a little bit of optimistic news. First of all, Johnny, I want to show you this breaking news. Bank of America has agreed to pay $1.84 billion in settlement claims regarding the residential mortgage-backed securities from the 2008 financial crisis. Goodbye, 2008. Hello, 2022. What's it mean to you, Roto? This is pretty interesting stuff. You know, I love if they're paying 1.84 million, I'd love to know how many I mean, if they're paying 1.84 billion, I'd love to know how many billions they actually made in that market. It had to be way way more than 1.84 billion, that's for sure, cuz they usually never have to pay the penalty big enough that costs them what they made. So I would love to know the numbers, hard to say, but it is good to see, you know, that they got to pay a fine and now the question is, you know, where is that fine going to go? Who's going to get that money? Going to be very very interesting to see all that. But yeah, that's very interesting tone. Just what America needs: beer for a year. Yeah. yeah so, so real quick though, Chris Robinson said he, you could put that fifty dollars in XRP, right? Well, what if you win the Super Bowl ticket? Then you could sell that ticket, right? And then you could go put all that money into XRP. So yeah. you never know. Some of these jerseys, some of these NFTs, it could actually be something really big. And And you know what, guys? I want to leave our listeners with some pretty cool news to end this episode. We got 213 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I love that we have all these listeners joining us on this Friday. So we're going to end it with a little bit of conspiracy, a little bit of deep research that we did this weekend. This is a pretty cool article highlighting the clear similarities between Swift's new messaging system and Quant's DLT gateway. So check out this graph here basically just explaining how Quant allows separate blockchains to communicate with one another and facilitate transactions. When we go over to Swift's new banking system and connecting CBDCs, it's a very, very similar situation. And as you can tell, there's ISO compliant tokens sitting between the individual CBDCs on this network. We're going to make the connection and say this is a Quant connection. But Johnny Crypto, before we end this episode, what does this connection mean to you? I mean, you want to say a picture says a thousand words. There you go. These are the words that we have been speaking over and over and over. And we've been saying on this show forever that quant is the one or or that something has to connect all these things to talk to each other. And I'm glad that there's a great find on this abs. I actually saw this the other day, too, and I meant to send it to you. But this is really, really big because it shows you all these different blockchains, right? Now, if you don't have that connection, see those gray boxes in the middle? Pretend they're not there for a minute. What do you have? You have a bunch of silos. You got this this blockchain over here, that blockchain over there, and nobody's talking to nobody. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And so you got you just got it's discombobulated, right? This is why it's so important that when TCPIP came in, it was like those gray boxes that you see right there. It was able to bring all these systems together so I can send an email to you, you can send it back to me. We could all talk no matter what platform, it, you know, it became it was ubiquitous. That's exactly what Quant is going to do and why I think everybody's so excited. People who understand Quant get excited about it because at the end of the day, they understand that something has to bring all these parts together and communicate to enable the whole system to work. And that's probably most likely going to be, you know, Quant or Chainlink. And when that happens, you're going to see, um, you're going to be able to see then the, the, what's the word? I don't want to say adoption because that's not the enabling. It'll be an enabling technology in a way that will allow this whole thing to explode. So I love quant. I'm just upset that I don't have enough of it, but I ain't letting go any of it that I got. That's for sure. 
Thank you, Johnny. And I think that's a good place to end the episode. Somebody said, Abs, what's your Twitter name? I run the 3T Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. So if you're tweeting at that account, you are speaking to me. But I want us to get I want to close this episode out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to NFT Tones. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to Billy. Another amazing episode and an amazing week. We got 210 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I hope you have an amazing weekend. And it's like we always say, Warriors, guys. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. And we got Tony Edwards joining us next Wednesday.